0: Welcome back to the Jackets Online Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Quinlan, joined by our recruiting editor, Russell Johnson. And uh, we've been away. The summer's just been sort of crazy for all of us. I just got back from vacation. Uh, Russell's getting ready to actually move to the ATL, finally, after several years of trying to get that done. Um, So yeah, we've we've been a little sidetracked, but we wanted to get back into the habit. Obviously, we're too two and a half, two weeks, depending on when they start from football camp. Um, So, yeah, I I think this is kind of a good time to get going again. Um, A lot's been going on. We have a few different things we're going to talk about tonight. You know, we have the draft coming up. Georgia Tech's going to be pretty hot and heavy. It's funny because I sent Russell a a screenshot the other day. I just looked at ESPN for a second, and Kevin Parado was on the front page of ESPN, like the full ESPN site. Um, and then, um, obviously, uh, you know, basketball got a commitment to blue cane, uh, during our, uh, our downtime from the podcast. Uh, we have had a little bit of football recruiting stuff happen. Um, and obviously we're getting ready to hit another time where there's going to be another sort of glut of guys making decisions that could go either way for Georgia tech. Um, hopefully, for tech fans, some good news coming up, but, you know, it's one of those things, Russell, um, let's jump in with the recruiting right off the bat. You know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you have guys making decisions. Some of them now are kind of strange. Um, but I, you know, a lot of that I think is being driven by who's saying yes. Right. Cause kids don't want to have to wait. And a lot of schools are pushing back and trying not to take commits right now and, and getting tight on the numbers and Georgia tech, you know, is tight at a few spots, but um, they still have quite a few irons in the fire.
1: Yeah, there's, you know, you said a lot of irons in the fire and the um, the position I'm really paying the, the closest attention to um, even right now and into uh, the end of the dead period later this month is the cornerback position where they, they were thought to be in a really good position for the uh, cornerback from Denmark, whose name I cannot pronounce. Oh Shay, uh, uh,
0: Jarky, uh, 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 Shay. Yes, Shay. Yeah, we'll, we'll call him Shay. That's yes, how he says it. Shay. Yes. Um, okay. Big, so really Shay nice kid.
1: And Shay and Quentin, everybody thought were going to be the the two corners in the class. It was a pretty pretty much given, and that um, in Quentin especially, everybody thought was going to commit really quickly coming off the visit cancelled the Wisconsin visit you know we, we've talked about that before with all of his things. Um, it feels like a decision's close for him. Um, I talked to Shay this week and Shea said uh, that he was still hoping to, to make a decision before the um, the start of the season uh, so that's obviously coming up really quickly, especially if he wants to get it done before the uh, jamborees and you all that fun stuff gets to, gets to happen. Um, and then uh, a new target emerged in uh, Pebble Brooks, uh, Tyler Scott. And he is somebody who I could definitely see um, taking one of those two spots or forcing Georgia Tech into taking three corners, depending on the, um, their ability to add another safety. Or they could also be flexing one of those three out into the, the safety nickel roll
0: well, so Tyler Scott can play both. He can, I mean, he could all, play, he can play all five defensive back positions. So I, there's some utility yeah. in taking him. So I, I see less of an issue, you know, really with the safety situation. um, I mean, they're not, unless something dramatic happens, they're definitely not getting Robert Billings. So, you know, it comes down to uh, we've sort of had them peg it, maybe just taking one safety. If you got to take, yeah. three, if you got to take, the three corners, that makes some sense. They offered LJ Green to the kid from Montgomery the other day. Um, that was kind of out of the blue. Colton Hood was thought to be committing to Michigan State. He didn't commit. So there's been a lot of sort of just weirdness that just hasn't – things haven't, like, happened, I think, as people expected. I think people thought uh, Ricky, get, Ricky Gibson would be off the board, too, by now. Um, so, yeah, it seems like there's a, a little bit of a pause and some cornerback stuff. Shay was down to three schools it was it was a georgia tech harvard and what was the other one um duke and was supposed to be making a decision out of that then he got a couple more ivy offers so you, you'd be yep. curious to see if um um you know what happens and and what's going on there uh you know i'm excited about um just kind of seeing how the rest of this class unfolds uh, i think this is we had that big flux of activity and then you know some of the guys that um we thought would be in the class by now haven't all pulled the trigger some have who maybe we didn't expect to jump in the pool so quickly uh you know like the justin reed kid that kind of came really fast at the tight end spot um you know that that's one that kind of jumped out at me um The kid from New Jersey, uh, Gensley, like that one was like kind of real quick too, where he kind of, they kind of jumped on him. Even Ashton Heflin was quick. Like they saw him, they visited him two weeks later and he was committed like right after that. So um, yeah, it's been kind of interesting. Obviously, you know, the the Georgia Tech's getting negative recruited pretty hard. um, Like a lot of other schools. Say that again. Like, you know, the, coaches just send those kids those hot lists of like who's on hot li- hot seats and all of those fun things. It's just sort of how um, the nature of the game works these days. Um, so to me, you know, you can, we're, you're now far enough into this, right? Where you're about to start playing games in a month and that's going to be ultimately the deciding factor. And if Georgia Tech has a good season, then you're going to see things swing their way and you'll see some some kids maybe jump in the boat um, that are surprising later on and if they don't then you know it's going to be them trying to do damage control and seeing what happens in terms of the coaching staff and and there's been new offers and weird things have gone on obviously um you know the qb recruiting has been a it's been a mess for really everyone in the country for except for maybe alabama like um it, i mean people are you fighting- mean not
1: everybody has two four stars
0: No, like people are fighting over Brocklin, who I like. Brocklin's a good kid, but they're fighting over him like he's, you know, like um, Matt Stafford or Trevor Lawrence or something. Like they're having a feeding frenzy over a guy who, you know, in most years would go to maybe like a third tier SEC school or like a second tier ACC kind of level guy. And he has like Auburn and Florida State, you know, depending on who you ask, engaged in trying to get him really, really, really actively. So like, you know, that's just sort of the weirdness of this whole thing. You've seen Miami take like some weird guys. They took Emory Williams early, which was weird. Um, And then pivoted and took another quarterback. Then you have Alabama that's sitting on two stud quarterbacks, but the reality is there's just not a lot of quarterbacks in this class. And, and Georgia tech was sort of focused on, uh, on Colin Hawk. And then, you know, that that's a threefold issue there because he wants to play baseball, but he might also just play football. And then he might also want to play both. And then he's not sure if he wants to go to Georgia tech, but he might go to a different tech. Like, it's just been a weird, that whole thing's I've never gotten like great vibes off of that whole thing. And so, um, yeah, it's, I mean, kind of how do you see this playing out? Cause to me, like, I almost say you sit on your ship and take a guy in the portal or something, or even sit on the ship because there's just no one that you really like and see if maybe somebody falls in the cracks later on, or someone you like during on their senior film. I know there's three or four quarterbacks that we're tracking that are not offer guys yet. That could be, you know, when guys go out and see them in the fall, get a chance to watch them throw guys who couldn't come to Georgia tech and work out the summer, but like out of state guys, but like, I don't know, man. What do you do if you're Georgia Tech and you're looking at this quarterback situation and trying to take one just because, you know, you're a little under on your numbers there right now and um, you don't really – you're still transitioning from one offense to another offense and maybe still need some guys that fit what Chip Long's doing. And to me, like, it just seems like it's um, a less than ideal situation for Georgia Tech.
1: Yeah, it it really is, and I think that's where um, the different uh, opinions really really come in into play. Both, you know, from the, a media standpoint, from a fan standpoint, there's you know, quite a bit of division there in terms of what to do with quarterback recruiting. And I also feel like there 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 might even be inside of that Georgia Tech uh, in those offices with the the coaches because you know you could do what do and, and take like a, a five six five seven quarterback quarterback, put him into the room next year and see what he can do in terms of contributing, uh, but more than likely redshirting. And then, or you could see how the season plays out, see how Jeff Sims plays, see if you have a job, and then go and see about uh, recruiting in the, the transfer portal or somebody who, you know, maybe committed out of state committed to an out-of-state school early on and and has you know, really wants to to stay home maybe a family situation popped up um, something like that um, I, I don't know of any situations similar to the one that Zach pyron had last year um, but I do know that those but there's always do a happen. guy like that yeah, yeah I mean yeah
0: you know Vanderbilt's already dropped their quarterback commit who's a guy that you and I don't like but like um <laughs> you know well excuse me that's not a fit for what like Georgia tech does, but you're seeing guys get dropped, moved around. Um, I've seen a kid, like I saw a kid turn down, you know, a bunch of good G five offers to go to Eastern Kentucky a couple weeks ago. Like there's just like, it's very strange. What's been going on. And um, I'm, you know, kind of curious to see how it plays out. And yeah, you know, ultimately too, for Georgia tech, if they're, you know, if, if it doesn't work out and they are looking at changes, it's not a bad situation to be in where you're shopping for a new quarterback because, you know, we saw what happened with Jordan Yates, who's a kid I love, but you know, really the staff didn't want to play him and we're not going to design the offense for that guy. And he, they kind of were stuck with him because he was sort of the glue of that class of guys when Jeff Collins got there. So, and they kept him and, you know, it, Probably hurt his career. Um, to be honest with you, like sitting through that. But he graduated with his degrees on to Sam Houston State now. I don't think you want to read. Breaking that.
1: news here. Is that is that all no known things right there? What? Or is that just story time with Kelly? Which things? The uh about the fact that they didn't really want him and he didn't really fit their system. Oh, I had some oh so yeah, bloke. I
0: guess I guess that's a little bit of war room esque scoop in the podcast. Yeah. I uh had some really interesting conversations with people around the time before leading up to that first signing period. And, um, you know, they weren't sure what to do. Yeah. You know, even at that point, I don't know if Jeff was settled even on taking Pat note yet. Um, with him, I, I, there was a chance chip long could have been the OC back in 2019. Like, um, yeah, so it, it's, uh, it's been a, a weird situation. Um, <laughs> it's just uh you know with 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 jordan i i just never felt like he got a fair shot i would watch you know we watch practice we watch things i talk to people like it was kind of obvious to me and to other people that watched him that you could design something to, to work around him but it was a lot harder what they were trying to do with like james graham for example right like trying to force it to be james graham and jeff clear like and i'll be honest with you, jeff sims beat jordan yates out straight up like jeff won the job it was a shock to everybody in 2020 when he won the job like he came on at the very end of the spring they broke for covid they came back he was like a, he was just on another level from everyone else um, with his abilities but again that gets back into that thing you talk about whenever you, whenever these schools take two quarterbacks immediately the next year one of them leaves right So Georgia Tech takes Jeff Sims and Tucker Gleason, Tucker Gleason bounces, right? Um, You know, you have, uh, there's just been a bunch of these situations we've tracked at different schools over time. And that's invariably going to happen with some of this stuff too. You could see it with, you could see Dylan Lonergan in the portal in, you know, um, 20 months or something. Like, even if if he signs with Alabama, like you just don't know. And maybe it's Eli that's in there, not Dylan. You don't know like how that, how those things play out. But these guys typically don't stay together that are two uh, within, any, within the same class. So, you know, especially with the transfer portal, it sort of killed that. You don't you don't see a lot of um, guys who both can play staying at any one spot anymore. They're, that's just a, a, an unusual um, circumstance at best at some places. So everyone's looking for their jobs. You know, some guys can do it. Some guys can't for every, you know, Justin Fields type story. There's Um, you know, guy was a guy's Blake Barnett, who left Alabama, went to USF and couldn't play. Like, you know, so man, he was he went
1: all over the place, didn't he? He went to Arizona State.
0: Yep. So like, you know, for every or Justin Williams, what was the guy's name, the quarterback at Miami that started for them, Uh, Williams, Jaron Williams, Jaron Williams, like was starting there, and they transferred to USF. He was fourth string at USF went from the starting quarterback at Miami to being fourth string after sitting out the COVID season. And now I don't know where the hell that kid is. He's probably like down a level playing um, in the FCS, but and he was a guy who was a starting quarterback in the ACC, you know, three years ago. So um, the point of this, this rambling story is two things. One is if you are going to have changes it's almost better to not have the quarterback either way. And then two, if, you know, things work out and my gut feeling is they probably will for Jeff. That's been the Georgia tech way. Like, you know, he's he'll figure it out and, you know, get six, seven wins and, and whether that's good or bad long-term, you know, that, that remains to be seen. But, that's just sort of my gut feeling on all of this having covered this for so long and several other people kind of actually agree with me that are around the program but um you know he'll they'll they'll be able to go get somebody else and obviously you know they brought interesting guys and Tayson's really interesting Zach Pyron's really interesting to me um you know Jeff Sims can he do it right like um, Jeff Sims' stock and Jeff Sims' mind is probably a lot higher than it is on everyone else's board right now. He was great as a freshman and last year was not very good. Obviously, injuries really played a factor in that and some other things that were maybe a little out of his control, but he just didn't play well. And so, you know, he's got to reset his stock. He's like a guy that signs a big contract in MLB and then hits like 220 and is not driving in runs or whatever. Like,
1: we don't need to talk about B.J. Upton, okay? We can. We don't need to talk about B.J. Upton.
0: But yeah, that's like, yeah, right? Like, sometimes it doesn't work in a spot. Sometimes it takes a little bit of a reset and guys get going. Hopefully he's not Dan Ugla, you know? Like, uh, Yeah,
1: gosh, that's even worse. Come on, Kelly.
0: <laughs> hopefully he's like, you know, uh, Gary Sheffield was for the Braves when they picked him up, right? Gary Sheffield had a great, great little run. Russell's just shaking his head um, at me. But yeah, so, you know, I'm curious to see how that all plays out with Jeff. You know, kind of tail, let's shift it into to the football thing. You know, where they've been doing OTAs, that's been going pretty well. Got some guys getting ready to get turned loose uh, as camp starts up. Uh, Leo Blackburn, Tyson Miguez, um, Paltillo were the three main guys coming off serious injuries that I think are all on track to be ready for camp. Uh, at at I think least Kenyatta that would start. be
1: a full go too at that point, right?
0: Kenyatta and Miles Brooks both um, yeah. are supposed to be getting cleared as well. Kenyatta's just dealt with a bunch of different kind of nagging injuries. Um, LaMiles had um, it might have been a shoulder or something, but he's he's you know doing a lot better. So, so it's interesting with like Miles was this guy that was a really high profile recruit. He's he's played through pretty serious injuries during his time at Georgia Tech. So he's sort of, he kind of gutted it out and then I think got reset and is now, um, you know, f- hopefully finally healthy with the, the ability to really play at his full physical level. That's where you can't tell with some of these guys like Tyson, you know, we haven't seen Tyson play. Like he was the guy that I thought him and Katavian Franks have both thought would play. And they each had their own issues. Katavian had off the field issues with family stuff and, and Tyson had the the knee injury. and. You know, they change the math a little bit linebacker if they can play to their potential. Those are all those stories that I'm really excited about. That's the part of the fun of fall camp is seeing um how how guys develop, who develops, you know, like who takes that next level up. That's where, you know, Jeff Sims popped out of nowhere, right? Um, you know, the last year it was Kalani Norris, who was kind of a guy that wasn't what I thought he might transfer and he ended up starting. Yeah. You know, during the, I season. remember that, you know, like he just, it turned light bulb came on for him and he started playing a lot better and was became consistent. So you just don't know um, who's going to be that guy. You know, uh, that's sort of the fun of the camp. Like the, there's the known quantities and then there's also the guys who are older and you're waiting to see, like, put it all together. Malachi Carter's one, um, who has all the, all the town in the world, just has not been consistent in his career. And he'd tell you that himself, like just hasn't been consistent enough. Um, So, you know, that's where where it gets interesting for me that the kind of key storylines I think are, you know, that defensive line with Keon white, can he do what I physically like he's a freak and he's flashes. Can he put it together, you know, and then can some of those Russians put it together too? And those are all the things that I think everyone's kind of excited to see eventually um kind of pan out. Those would be the storylines we watch, you know, like the offensive line obviously will be a huge one too.
1: Oh yeah, the offensive line, especially. Um, I think the way that uh, the 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 roster has been built and the room has been built, um they're in a position on the offensive line to, I mean. The only real I wouldn't call it a weak spot, but the big question mark is left tackle. You know, what, what, what's that going to look like? And, you know, if Jordan Williams is going to transition over there, what does that look like? And how comfortable does he look, you know, when when Kelly and the rest of the media are able to, to be there at camp and practice and see the him getting reps? And, and what does that look like? Um, you, know, you mentioned offensive line. I think the one of the other big ones is the uh, the running backs. You know, replacing Jameer Gibbs, replacing Jordan Mason. Uh, I mean, this is this is Dante Smith's time to shine. Like this is the the moment that he's been waiting for, I guess you could say, you know, a lot of a lot of other schools and, and a lot of other situations, uh, a guy like Dante would either transfer or if he was waiting his turn, it would be because guys are going to the league, not the number one phenom, whatever you want to call Jameer Gibbs, leaving the school and going to to play for alabama and then mason leaving early for the the draft and it, this is he on somewhere for um he's camp? still
0: on the 49ers roster he didn't now technically jordan didn't leave early i mean jordan was here for five years like he had an extra year because of covid oh, okay so, like. Gotcha. I like mean he, he, he was here. like 23 or something, like he was ready to go. And that's one of the things we joked about. Like he had been here, he had played for Paul as a true freshman. Um, so you know, maybe he was a he, he was at least a fourth year senior. I feel like he was older than that, though. So and Jordan Jordan ran his full full gambit. I think, you know, losing um, losing so Jordan Mason was in the 2017 class. So he played gotcha. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. He played five years. Like good, good on him, right? Like, um, got no issue with him leaving and taking care of his family. He had a has a little girl. Um, all of that. So um, but yeah, Dante was a guy that's waited his turn. Dante was in the next class, I think, the 18 class, uh, red-shirted Paul's last year, and then you know, kind of just was a guy no one was sure what they were going to do with him. Right. He was like a little slot guy and they just kept putting weight on and getting stronger. And now he's, he's got the opportunity They're bringing him to ACC kickoff, which means that they clearly envision a big role for him this year too. Uh, to me, he was, he was one of pro football folks' top running backs in the ACC last year, despite sitting behind two, he was the third and third in reps behind you know Gibbs, who was the star guy, and then Jordan Mason, who was the power back, and then Dante was the changeup guy, who was getting 10, 15 snaps a game uh, at most, and was making the most out of that. What does it look like when he gets 40 or 50, you know, like or 35 or whatever it is? However, you know, Mike Daniels and Chip Long decide to divide that apple up because you still have Dylan McDuffie, who gives them more of that power Jordan Mason thing, uh, Jemias Griffin thing. And they have Hassan Hall is sort of just sort of a freaky athlete guy uh, has some of the Gibbs ability in terms of catching the football and, and being dynamic in space. How does it, how do they divide all that up? That's going to be really interesting too, because you do have an offensive coordinator now who is interested in dividing it up too. That's the other thing. That's that's something that people have got to kind of keep an eye on. I know that frustrated the hell out of a lot of subs on JOL, but yeah, you got a guy now who wants to give guys the ball in space and let them do things. So. That'll be interesting. Watching Jameer in Alabama is going to be fascinating too. That's one of the toughest things about the portal. I think right now is just seeing how that played out. And I don't blame that kid a second for doing what he did, but that's definitely going to be a weird, uh, weird thing for us this fall.
1: Yes. Yeah. Weirder than you may think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, eh, more to come there. I'd like to share a word with you now about our sponsor Section 103 who bring you the best Georgia Tech clothes out there original interesting clothing with the official Tech gold and the official word mark and things that are hard to find anywhere else I think it's the best uh, best tech apparel you can find on the interwebs it's like the stuff that coaches wear it's really cool you get the ATL logo that they have um, all the stuff super comfortable, super cool, and they even have youth sizes and women's clothes and, and are constantly adding things. I think uh, the guy who does it, I've gotten to know a little bit through uh, social media, and he just does an amazing job. Jackets Online uh, subscribers can get a discount of 10% off their first order by using the code Online, all caps, and check out section103.com, um, great website. They have all kinds of cool stuff. And, and, you know, people for years have been asking me for cool Georgia Tech designs, unique things. Um, And even the coaches are starting to wear that stuff. You know, Andrew Thacker is wearing uh, one of the shirts at practice, which I thought was really cool. And something I pointed out, not knowing that it was one of these designs. So check out our sponsor, Section 103. Great, great company. Let's switch gears here a little bit. Uh, The MLB drafts coming up. And uh is it did I feel did it move back? Is this when it's always been? I don't feel like it moved. No, back it in, used to be
1: in June. Yeah, that's what I thought. It used to be like during the during the, the tournament slash college world series and all of that. Um, but they moved it back to being basically the one of one of the main all-star weekend events. They're trying to to make it more of a, a weekend and a, an event, um, to get some more. I wouldn't call it publicity, but really it is. You know, they're getting more um, attention. The Major League Baseball draft is probably going to get more attention this year than it has in quite some time, Um, especially in Atlanta with Georgia Tech. There's a chance they could be losing quite a bit of their roster, uh, depending on who you listen to and and kind of where everybody's at right now. Um, Kevin Parada is um, almost a lock to be a, a top five pick. Um, He could go as high as number two would be shocking if the Orioles took another catcher, you know, while they have Adley Rutschman and everything. But um, other than that, um, most experts are projecting him to go to Texas. Um, And then the, the, the second player who is the expected to be the second highest Georgia Tech player to get drafted is going to be Chandler Simpson. And there are some people who are starting to think he may jump all the way up into the. Um, the second round, if not the third round at the latest, um, just due to the season he had at Georgia tech and how he's um, continued his progression and development in the field, especially, um, to, during this, um, summer season in the, I cannot remember what league he's in off the top of my head. Um, but you've got him and then you've obviously got Zach Maxwell, who is, uh, a, a candidate to go early, you know, scouts love the, the toolsy guys, um, he wouldn't go as high – he won't go as high as he would have maybe five, ten years ago just due to the um, lack of control a little bit. Um, but m- most people expect him to go within the top five rounds, which means he'll be uh, pretty close to to a lock to sign. Um, and then that's where all of the question marks come from there. You know, you've got Tris Gonzalez. You've got Drew Compton. You've got Marquise Grissom Jr. I mean, they're – I could go, I could list almost the entire roster and there are guys who are going to have decisions to make. And, and meanwhile, you've got coach Danny Hall and, and James Ramsey kind of crossing their fingers while, you know, obviously being hopeful and excited for the kids. Um, they, they also want, would like to have a team in place for, for next season. Um, Is I that sort really... of
0: why the portal has been a little slow for them? Is they're waiting to see who um, leaves and, and then adjust to that?
1: I think it's it's a lot of that, kind of similar to the uh, the Moses Wright Jose Alvarado thing a couple of year, years. Sure,
0: yeah, where there was there people didn't want to come because they thought they were coming back.
1: Yeah, there's that, but then I also think there is the. I wouldn't call the portal overrated in baseball right now, but I kind of want to call the portal overrated in baseball right now, just due to the immense amount of kids. And the, they all think that they're worth this six-figure NIL deal and that they're, they're not going to go to the school unless they get such and such. And, and there's just a, a lot of that going on right now. The, the reality hasn't really set in for these kids yet because it's not crunch time. You know, once, once the deadlines start approaching for the, the fall semester and things like that, I think uh, things might heat up. Um, but, but really, I think the, after the draft passes and the draft signings all occur, I think that is when you will see more of a focused approach on potential transfers um, because the, the next, next season is when not one, they can just throw away and call a rebuilding year. Uh, Danny Hall is a legend at Georgia Tech, but the, the message board will be the first to tell you that the next season cannot be a repeat of this season. And just like this season wasn't supposed to be a repeat of last season and and so on and so forth, Um, especially if they do get some of the bigger names back. Um, like Andrew Jenkins really took a step forward this this past season, but he is also one of those who are are draft eligible. And if he gets picked, you know, in the the sixth or seventh round, do I think he goes back to school? More than likely, but that's a decision that he's going to have to make and, and not one that that may be as easy as um, Georgia tech fans want it to be.
0: Cool. Well, that's, that's going to be something else to watch. I think um, people are going to be kind of riveted and, and Kevin Pratt will be, you know, have the opportunity to be that next George, great Georgia tech, former catcher in the big leagues. And uh, yeah, and, I mean, there's a great legacy there with, with fair tech and, and you and.
1: Know, right. And they, they could have had Harry Ford, but Harry Ford, you know, got drafted in the first round last year, and then um, obviously, like I said, Parada, and then their catcher from the the twenty two class, Lamar King, he is up in the air. Uh, he's been projected as high as like a third round pick, and even as low going into like the the seventh or even eighth round. Um, so, but if he gets into the the third round or even into the 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 co- 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 compensatory picks in the uh, the latter half of the, the second round, I think that's where you may have some some questions. But he's really the only signee currently that I think Georgia Tech fans should, should worry about from the 22 class.
0: Cool. Uh, wrapping things up here, let's uh, touch on a man, Blue Kane. Blue Kane the uh, basketball commitment combo guard from Knoxville, uh, <laughs> he's sort of like a short Larry Bird Um, just great basketball IQ, can pass the ball, can shoot really well as a playmaker. Um, it's funny because he he just has like a really interesting look about him. And, uh, they're super excited about this from talking to my sources at Georgia Tech. They think, and every time he plays, it seems like they've gotten a bigger steal and, and landing him. He's, uh, you know, four star guard, gonna be in the Rivals 150. I think that, uh, he's a really dynamic piece for them to start building around you know, looking ahead as you start to get guys like Debo Coleman and miles Kelly, a little bit older to have a playmaker around them will be nice. A guy that can play on and off the ball um, can play both guard spots. That gives you some nice pieces as, you know, Kyle start event and, and Davon Smith get a little bit older and start to cycle out of the program. I think it'll be cool to have a guy that, has a little bit more of a ball handling ability and playmaking ability than a Mike DeVoe, but also can shoot really well. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about blue Kane for Georgia tech. Looking forward to watching him. Maybe maybe we'll try to make a trip to go watch him play in high school um, in the fall, if we can, but you know, that's where we're at basketball recruiting. They're not sure on numbers right now, two or three spots for 2023. Um, So it's going to be tight. Um, and very focused. Obviously, they want a big man, probably again a, a decent one, and then a wing forward or a forward wing um, type as well. So that's what you got to look. You put up a, an
1: offer list for them, didn't you? Did you put like an offer board up? Yeah, up I, I put up a big of board page. of
0: yeah. There's a big board of yeah. targets. Um, you know, right now, blue would be probably the only guard they take at the moment with a. Uh, uh, Rice Steiner committing to Virginia Tech uh, on Friday as we're recording this. Um, But there's a ton of wings and then um, some different power forward, forwards, and then the big men they're recruiting. So that'll all kind of play itself out over the next couple of months as guys start taking official visits. And we'll have a normal sort of recruiting cycle. We're getting back to a more normal recruiting cycle now. So the next set of visits coming up, um, you know, after school starts, and then I think you'll see another sort of wave of commitments, um, you know, as we head into October, November, um, there'll be a few more probably kids that that like Reichsteiner that make a decision now, but that's one thing to look forward to as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Russell uh, is your last podcast in Ohio. Uh, is there anything you want to say about the great state of Ohio as you get ready to head to the peach state? Goodbye. <laughs> well on that that lovely note uh we will probably be possibly in person the next time we hear from us so uh it could be a, a very different jackets online podcast but for russell johnson and Kelly Taylor, uh, thank you for listening